Good evening. Today is Tuesday, June 8th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's steps are steps six and seven, and our speaker tonight is the wonderful Amy B. Thank you, Amy. Thank you very much, Melissa. Thank you, Kira, Team Tuesday for June. Thank you, everyone doing service and here tonight. My name is Amy B. I am a compulsive overeater who is living very gratefully and happily in a recovered state today. Um, I just wanna take a moment to um, breathe and uh, connect for Hi, hi. <laughs> um, it is so wonderful to see everybody tonight. It's just really great to be here. And I'll, I'll tell you that um, there was a speaker tonight who um, had to step out at the last moment. And um, I was trying to look for somebody to fill in at the last minute. And um, I was legitimately busy at work. And also maybe um, I, I, felt a little divine inspiration to speak on steps six and seven um, because I feel like they are at the heart of transformation that happens from the 12 steps. Just to qualify very briefly, um, I've been in the rooms for a little over three years. I got abstinent the day after my first meeting. I found Big Book Recovery a little further into that. I had abstinence with group support, but not so much um, the personality change because I didn't really know about it because I didn't like the Big Book. And um, that obviously changed somewhere down the road. Um, I actually saw somebody who um, identified as recovered and spoke about the big book and spoke about the promises. And I recognized right away that it was something different. And once I, once I set aside my fixed ideas about this book and the people who wrote it and the people and, and about God and about all of that stuff, once I was able to put aside my fixed ideas and dig into this book, things really started to change. And six and seven, Six and seven are, are really beautiful. Now in the big book, there's really not a lot of language here. We know that it's only a couple of paragraphs, um, but it starts off with, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. So, so the thing about step six and the thing that's so wonderful about the way that 12 steps work in order to naturally bring about this entire psychic change, which psychic is of the mind and of the soul. So what we think and how we feel, a complete change to how I think and how I feel by going through the 12 steps. Um, six and seven, um, the willingness piece of it, the way that they all string together. So we four has been the inventory. I'm learning how to look for my part. Five is where I'm saying it out loud and getting it out of the shame and finding the patterns, things sound so differently when we say them out loud than when they're inside of our heads. That's my experience. So we're at this place where we've now recognized how these things, these patterns have been um, 
just chief amongst the things that have caused our turmoil and our fears. And it sets us up, in my opinion, in my perspective, from my experience, that set me up. Looking at all of that stuff, I, I expect people to be what they're not. And then I get angry at them for not being who they are. And it was all over my fourth step and saying it out loud in my fifth step was, um, I, I recognized it in a way that I hadn't identified and really just cleared aside all the other piece of it. And I, and I realized how much I was hurting myself and everyone else by doing that. I realized how I was never satisfied with my relationship. I realized how people were always, you know, falling short or I wanted to fix them or I wanted to whatever. All of those things were part of that. And I felt like it naturally set me up to be like, of course I want to, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I am willing to have that be no longer a part of the way that I interact and align with the relationships and the actions and the people in my life. I, I, I am fully willing because I see how, how hard it is. Now, I, I'm going to go to the AA 12 and 12 because especially in six and seven, it does such, well, in all the steps, but it does such a great job. Okay. So I, my, I'm, I'm going to just back up a second and just say that my, the way that I have come to connect to and engage with a higher power, God, in my current interaction, is guidance on direction, G-O-D, guidance on direction. I need guidance on direction. I need God. So it's very much been about direction. And I speak about how defects, I've, I've spoken about how defects, defect is a noun, but it's also a verb to defect is to move away. It's about direction. It's about where you're moving. The 12 and 12 on page 68. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. The, the remaining, it's talking about step one and taking it perfectly. And then it says the remaining 11 steps are goals towards which we look. And measuring steps by, by which we estimate our progress. So again, towards is about moving in a certain direction, towards something. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having something all of a sudden be magically removed. It's about moving towards progress. Um, and then at the bottom, at the bottom of that page, if we'd gain any real advantage in the use of this step, and step six, on problems other than alcohol, on problems other than our substance, we shall need to make a brand new venture into open-mindedness. We shall need to raise our eyes toward perfection. Be ready to walk in that direction. It will seldom matter how haltingly we walk. The only question will be, are we ready? So right there, it's talking about step six, is about saying, I want to move away from what I've been doing that's been causing me turmoil that drives me towards the food, but also drives me towards being like an intolerable human being to myself and everybody around me. 
drives me to is a is a is a word that signifies direction, motion, movement. So this step six is being about the place where I say, I don't want to go that way anymore. Going that way has never done anything for me. Well, I can't say that. It hasn't done anything for me that, that I have, have felt good about, especially after rolling it out in my inventory. And that's true when I'm rolling out an inventory in step 10 by the way, which I know, you know, spoiler alert, jumping ahead, but whatever, it's a circle. Um, so, so all of that inventory, like looking at that saying, when I look at how my part, I can't change what happens. I can't change what goes on in the world. I can't change other people's behavior. I can't keep perfect. I cannot keep other people from being who they are reliably reliably, comfortingly, when I stop to think about it reliably, who they are. I know how my mother's going to react to stuff. I know. I know who she is. She is reliably herself. When I stop trying to make that be not, it's a lot easier. So the recognition that I don't want to make that be not. I don't want to sit there and try and make her be something else. I have, oh my gosh, how I have tried. And I love my mother. I do. But, and not but also true. Also true is there are times I want to make her be. And that's my part that has nothing to do with who she is. She's reliably herself. Step six is me saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to move in that direction. I don't want to walk towards the place where, where I'm trying to control or where I'm in fear or where I'm angry, wanting to hurt or feeling hurt. Holding on to sadness also can be my part. And I don't want to walk in that direction either. So step six is the place where I say, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go that way anymore. And it's the place we where we have an opportunity to say, well, which way do I want to go? And if you were here last night, or if you listened to the speaker, the recording, the, the speaker talked about making an incredible behavior plan. She said, I don't want to go that way anymore. And I don't mean to put words in her mouth, but my, my understanding of that was that she said, I don't want to go that way anymore, but which way can I go? So, so that is the second part of the willing to be ready. Because how can I, how can I live without this thing, whatever it is, if I don't have something to replace it in? Because the stuff that happens to me is still going to happen. And I cannot live in a void. So if I just ask for it to be removed without having any idea, nature abhors a vacuum, people, right? Something's going to rush in. And if I don't have something else standing by, the, the, the old stuff knows that it's comfortable there. Fits, click. I got to have something else standing by. And this is a practice over and over again. Um, and then it brings us into step seven. So if in step six, we recognize, I don't wanna go that way, which way do I wanna go? This would be the direction in which I would head. Step seven is about humbly, humbly 
asking God to remove our shortcomings. So it's about humility. It's about saying, I didn't do, I didn't do this in a way that I feel good about. I've lived a lot of my life or I lived five minutes ago, not really living in my integrity. I let it get away from me. I whatever, I whatever. Without any shame or blame or self-hate, I can't, I can't hate myself into change, not into good change. I have tried. Um, but I also can't like excuse it and be like, oh, it's okay. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I had a reason. Oh, it's so I have, I realize I don't want it. I have something else planned. And now I have to say, now I get to say, now I'm led to say, I haven't behaved in integrity when it comes to this. I haven't behaved lovingly, or I haven't behaved honestly, or I haven't behaved unselfishly, or any and all combination of the above. And I am willing, I am ready, I am happy, I am peaceful about owning that and putting it down and walking away from it. If I have shame about it, I'm just picking up something else to carry. If I blame myself about it, or I keep punishing myself about it, or if it's sadness, if I keep returning to it, that was a defect that was sort of softer for me in that like, you know, nursing hurt feelings. And not wanting to stop being sad sometimes because I felt like I deserved to, to, to let myself. And I deserve to be happy is what I deserve. I deserve to, to not live in a moment that is past, especially when I can say, you know what? A lot of that was my bad. A lot of that was my fear. And it brought me sadness. And maybe I want to sit in it because I know that I brought it on. And all of that is connected. And if I can look at that without, there's so much, there's so much in the work of the 12 steps, which is, um, about humility and this step is where where it really you know steps forward where where the the original founders who practiced this program chose to underline it right here but it's all over this program there are a lot of times thank you melissa there are a lot of times where i'm talking to someone or someone's talking to me and they you know Look, as your friends, I would love to tell you you're right and and nurse your feelings. But as a fellow compulsive overeater, I got to tell you, you're you 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 got to grow up. 
And sometimes we don't like to hear that. Sometimes I haven't liked to hear that. But you know what? This is not, this is not a place for being let down easy. And step six and seven is about what, what is letting down easy? Letting down easy, needing to be let down easy is on my list. Ne- you know, like n- needing to absolve myself, needing to justify whatever I've done. All of those things that that's how can I have an entire psychic change? How can I get to the place where I'm willing to walk into these next steps that are coming up, which is more about taking ownership for what I've done and being able to live peacefully in my head and heart without being able to look at the stuff I've done and be like, okay, yup, yup. I had reasons, reasons don't matter. I have other things that I can do instead. And if I deny that what I did before wasn't doing me any favors, what reason am I gonna have to do the work to replace it with something else? Because that is effort, it is action. Six and seven are part of the action steps, but the action is willingness and humility. It is, it is, it is putting my money where my mouth is action. It's admitting that I can do better. Six and seven is about saying, I don't like the way I was headed. I need to go someplace else. I went the wrong way for a long time and I can do better. I can do better of that than that. I am worthy of better than that. I am meant for better than that. My higher ideals, my divine truths, my guidance on direction. If I stop and look for them, seek them, align with them. Tell me that I can do better than that. Amy, you can do better than that. It's it's a really surprising comfort. And um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's what I got. That's where I'm going to stop tonight. Thank you so much for just being here and, and listening and connecting. I'm looking at your faces. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to do service. And um, yeah, pass. Oh, Amy, my step six and seven sister. That was amazing. Um, I love the little smirk that you get on your face when you're about to like just drop it just you're about to like drop some knowledge um okay but that's all i'm gonna say so we will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares as this is a big book study sharing questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week we ask you to please accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track if you'd like to share or ask a question please raise your virtual hand which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host, Kira, will call raised hands in order. 
Melissa, my wonderful timekeeper, will you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up, please. Would anyone like to raise their virtual hand? Melissa G. Um, let me try to time myself, but I'm sure I won't use it all. Okay, hi, um, Amy, thank you so much. That was amazing. I'm so glad I got on the meeting today. Do you put my hand down or do I put my hand down? Okay. Um, I have a hard time saying God, so I loved how you said guidance on direction. That helped me out. I'd heard her, I had heard good orderly, direction before, but I really like guidance on direction. That really spoke to me. So I'm really excited about that. And then moving in a certain direction to move towards progress and be ready. Um, I don't know. I just felt like that really just clicked. And so I just wanted to share that. That was helpful. So thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And I'm just going to take a moment to say that something that I forgot to say that somebody else said that I love is that perfection is the guide. It's not the goal. It's never the goal because it's not attainable. So like the divine ideals, the, the perfect Venn diagram of like honesty and truth and, and justice and, and unselfishness in, in its perfect form is the guide. That's the direction I want to head to, but it is not in any way, shape or form an expectation of a destination or a goal. It's the direction it's towards that. I, I went off track, but the word towards is on those two pages in the, in the 12 and 12, like four times, like towards, 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 towards. It's all about moving towards. It's just, and that's, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you both. Next, we have Mary Ann. Hi, thank you so much for calling on me. And Amy, thank you for your lead share. Um, I'm fairly new to OA in general. I just started, I joined in January. And to these meetings in particular, a friend of mine um, told me that she was finding a lot of recovery in them. So I'm really grateful for this meeting and for your lead today. Um, I was working with a sponsor and had gotten as far as uh, step four and then um, decided that um, it wasn't quite the right sponsor or sponsee relationship. So taking a break from working with her, but I always love hearing people who are further along and hearing about your experience with step six. I'm, I'm going to steal someone else's joke and say I'm a multidisciplinary 12-stepper. So I have made it past step six and some of my other fellowships. Um, and um, I think I think you said something about how like people focus on step four and it's you sort of glance over six and seven, but six and seven are are just as important. And it's really inspiring me to go back and look at the work that I did um, in, even in the other fellowships because there's definitely overlap. Um, so I just wanted to raise my hand and claim my seat and um, Again, I express appreciation for these meetings and thanks again for your share, Amy. I'll pass. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. We're glad, uh, we're glad you're here.
Would anyone else like to ask a question or give a share? Melissa P. Okay, I I couldn't wait. Um, Amy, I really love what you said about, I wrote it down here, um, people being reliably themselves, right? And like, how that just helps me so much with, like, I've been really grumpy today with my husband and need to make an amends here after this meeting, but, um, right, like, they're reliably themselves, moms, students, crazy drivers, like, people are going to do what people are going to do, right, and I just love that, the, but the, the reliable piece of it um, is such a beautiful way of like life on life's terms that like, yeah, you always know what you're going to get with them. It might be sour coffee, but you're, you're going to, you're, you know. Um, so if you could just share maybe a little bit about like working towards acceptance of people that are reliably themselves, I would really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Um, yeah, that was a huge one for me. And it came for me, the realization came to me with my mother, which is like a beautiful little story, which is, um, and it was in the course of me figuring out my amends to her, where I, I just had a moment where I realized that like, she is different than I am. She is very practical and straightforward and a lot more pragmatic and fatalistic. And I am a mushball. I am a clown and a weirdo and a mushball. And we just don't, you know, we just have, you know, like we, we're just different. I was realizing in that moment how beautiful it was that she is who she is, that she, that she, that she is who she is. I, I picked up my phone to text her and I text her, hi mom, wavy hand. I love you, kissy face, that is all heart. And I put it down and I walked away and I felt just really warm in my heart. And then I see like a little ding down on the, uh, ding dong on the phone and I go to pick it up. And of course I'm like, she's gonna say, I love you too. And I pick up the phone and it says, very sweet. Because that's who she is. She's in it. And you know what? It was very sweet. It was in fact, very sweet. And instead of sinking, because it's amazing. Like in those moments, I realized what I would have thought. Like I would have thought she couldn't say, I love you too. Like it's so hard to text the words. I love you. And I knew, and instead I was like, that's exactly what I was saying. I love you about that. She is who she is later that night out of nowhere. My phone goes ding dong and I pick it up and it's a text from my daughter. I love you, mommy, with a little heart out of nowhere. It like came. And then I got this moment where I got to feel grateful that I have a daughter who's a mush ball like me and my mom doesn't. And that made me feel even more loving towards her. And that also propelled me towards my amends. And I have to say that whole layout broke open in me. I work with somebody who is reliably themselves every single day. 
And you know what? I know what I'm going to get. And they, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't try and change it anymore. It doesn't upset me anymore. It's not about me anymore. It doesn't touch me anymore. And it's because I got the taste of it with that first moment where it cracked me open. And I realized that like, I was, I was bringing on my own agony over somebody else being who they are. Come on now. So and I'm not saying I do it perfectly in any means, but it takes me a lot less time of being like, oh man, I just have to vent about so-and-so. It takes me a lot less time to get to, you know what? This is who they are. This has nothing to do with me. I don't like the way that I feel. I don't know what's going on in their life. All It like immediately takes me out. And the 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 peace the release the relief that i get from that untying is so cathartic the more i do it the the more i realize that's what i need i need to be untied on this like both relaxed and severed you know, from the connection. Thank you for the question. Mush balls for life. Thank you both. Uh, next we have Wendy S. Wendy? Oh, you snuck me in there before you. <laughs> Hi, uh, thank you so much, Amy. That was really amazing. Um, I loved everything you said, but I really loved um, what you said about like, this isn't where you like soften the blow. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just like, I think back like in step four, this is where, um, you know, I had to face some hard truths and I had to speak them out loud. And now in six and seven, this is where I have to take all of that. So, like I spent so much time in my life trying to like justify why I was so unhappy or why I was so upset and everyone had to know <laughs> and and I had to explain it and um and this is the point where we have it, where we drop it like I had to drop this stuff because it was making me crazy and it was making the people in my life crazy and um and I just you know speaking of yesterday's speaker as well, I, you know, I love that plan that you both have for um, shifting, you know, our ideas, our thoughts, our behaviors. And I wonder if you could expand a little bit on your process, Amy, for how you kind of, you know, cause here we are, we have our perspective and, and we live this way our whole lives. And then, all right, if I wanna change something, you know, there's a void, what am I changing it to? How do you figure that piece out? Thank you, Wendy. Um, honestly, like the recognition for a while that was very uh, like shapeless, like it was hit or miss. Like sometimes I would get some good divine inspiration on what to replace it with and other times 
what I came up with didn't feel authentic. I don't know if that makes sense. But um, in the evolution of my connection to higher power, recognizing it as seeking like a compass setting, seeking direction, dialing in towards direction. So it really helps me just narrow the path, like literally narrow the path when I'm like feeling something or aim towards something, just being like, first of all, I got to be loving. First of all, I got to say, all right, immediately face lovingness. And then I have to check, like, am I being, because sometimes turning towards love can mean brushing a feeling under the rug or, 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 or accepting something that I don't agree with, or, or, so I have to, so I have to turn towards love and then I have to check it, like redirect it towards honesty. Like I'm headed towards love and then I got to like, oh, but dial in for honesty. And then I got to make sure I don't have any like ulterior motives. So I got to like check what's in my, like, what, 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 what do I want to have happen? Like, what am I imagining? What would my script, how would I direct this if I could? Is any of that in this? Because if not, I got to breathe it out and and redirect. And I have to say in that moment, usually I have a general idea of at least the next right action. And sometimes that next right action is stop it. Stop it. You don't have to do anything except for not that. Um, and that can also act as a plug while waiting for the, the, the direction to sort of, you know, focus a little bit for the, for the um, imagining like the floating bubble in a compass to like settle. I can just stop and just not do that. I can walk, I can walk away. I can close my mouth. I can go to sleep. I can put on a podcast. I can just not, do not that. I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy and Amy. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Kira. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and bulimic. And um, I just had a question for you, Amy, about um, like living in situations and, and going forward. And I, I feel you've, you've answered this in, in other ways and just in beautiful ways this whole night, but how do you find that um, you can like strive for that love, strive for those ideals without placing expectations into situations and how you're going to act? I, I loved like the perfectionism, not the goal, it's the guide, but sometimes I get a little confused for me. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Kira. Um, give me, give me, give me the first part of what you said again. Like how we can strive rather than expect. Okay, right. Okay, expectations. That was I where I was. Um, attachment to outcomes is expectations. Oh, I heard in the rooms like super early on expectations are premeditated resentments. 
And that's like a great way to put it, certainly. An expectation is a premeditated resentment. Like I am setting it up. I am just teeing it up, just perfect, right in the sweet spot. That's true. It got me a certain direction, but for, for some reason, that was just a don't do that. The attachment to the outcome is what made sense to me. I can't help but imagine what might happen. I have an active brain. I'm an addict. I'm an overthinker. I'm all, I'm dramatic. Like I'm all of those things. I sometimes often can't help things from popping up. And sometimes they're like the things I wish would happen. And sometimes they're the things I'm afraid are going to happen. And sometimes they're the things I hope aren't going to happen, but I think might. The minute I can't stop that, what I can stop is my attachment to it, my attachment to the outcome, my need, my even the fear piece of it. Like I can recognize like, yeah, if that happened, it would be scary, but it's not happening right now. So why would I attach to that outcome? It's about staying present. It's about only talking about the next right action. So the, so that, so the looking at the goal, like, do I, do I want to live a life where I never want somebody to be what they're not? I get, I mean, sure. But I don't expect that to ever happen. I don't, I don't, I don't even like, so, so that's on a wider scale. Just shrink that down. Like whatever it is, would I like X, Y, and Z would happen? Do I not want X, Y, and Z to happen? Like, of course, but like, you know, that, that's, that's not, that's not right now. That's not in the moment. Um, I don't know if that's helpful, um, but I can only, I don't, I don't, I can't, I have enough with what's in front of me right now. I have enough with figuring out what to do with my next immediate moment. I'm happier when I stay out of that stuff. Um, and I, and when I start to think of things, I, I really, I really do say to myself, like, yeah, I could go down that road. I could go down that road. I could, I know it's going to happen. I'm, you know, like, should I just jump to the part where I can't sleep tonight? Cause I'd rather not, you know, like, so when I, so it's like, I see where, I see where it's going. Direction. I don't know. That's really, that's really where it all comes down to for me. And, and if I'm realizing that I'm living in a place where I'm not, there's a lot between now and then. And, and I guess that helps too. I don't know. Thank you. All right. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with